Switched On on FM 104 and I'm joined by motoring editor for the Sunday Independent, Geraldine Herbert. Hello. Hello, Louise. Thank you very much for chatting to me. So a new class of vehicle called personal powered transporters has been made for e-scooters. What does this mean or what does it cover? Yeah, so basically this has been created by the Road Traffic and Roads Act 2023 and I suppose it allows for e-scooters to be regulated. Now, it's important to remember they're still currently illegal on the road and they won't be legal until these new regulations come in. So um, despite the growing popularity, and I mean, they're literally everywhere and they seem to be increasing, you know, weekly. But as I said, they're still illegal. Now, there's two sets of regulations that are due to come in. When they'll come in, though, is another question. They were due in last month. Now, I mean, it's unlikely they're probably going to make it by the end of November. So we would hope that they will arrive by next month, particularly that I'm sure a lot of people are thinking about buying e-scooters for Christmas, Louise. So you can imagine imagine a boom in them. Yes. So there's two types of regulations, as I said, there's technical and then there's usage. So the technical ones, the e-scooter must meet all of these. Right. Mm -hmm. So it has to have a maximum continuous rated power output of 400 watts or less. It has to have a maximum net weight of 25 kilos. And that's the batteries included. Now, this is obviously a safety issue Mm -hmm. that if they did collide with a pedestrian or a cyclist, that to keep the weight as low as possible. Now, the other thing is they have to have a maximum design speed of 20 kilometers or less. And the wheels have to be a minimum diameter of 200 millimeters. They have to be fitted with front and rear lights, reflectors, brakes and a bell. And then you have to have a manufacturer's place certifying the power output, the weight and the design fitted on the e-scooter. Now, it's important to note that if if you don't meet one of these, then the, the e-scooter is illegal. It has to meet all of these requirements to actually be legal on the road. Is it likely that they'll only sell this type of e-scooter once these laws come in? I don't think so, Louise, because I've spoken to a few um, retailers and they don't seem to be aware of these laws. Mm. And the other problem is they seem to think that the high powered. So they're the ones that, you know, have a power output of higher than 400 um, watts, that they'll actually be legal and they'll be classified as something different. But that's not the case. And the Department of Transport are very clear on this. They have to meet all of these exact um, regulations, all of them in order to be legal. So I think it's going to take a while, Louise, for this to filter through for the retailers to respond. And then I suppose for the guards as well, when they do actually become legal to distinguish between them. And then I suppose it depends what sort of action they're going to take on the ones that don't meet this criteria. Is that, you know, France banned them. Is that likely why they did that? Because there's just so many or maybe too many elements that need to be taken into account. Yeah, I think the problem is we're very late to all of this. And I mean, I like I went to a road safety conference in Brussels in December and I remember t- talking to a few people who were safety experts and had dealt with these scooters across Europe. And I was saying that we were still at the process of legalizing them and they were absolutely shocked that we have let it go for so long. Mm-hmm. And now we're trying to rein them in and now we're trying to change them. But other countries, I suppose, are at a much later stage and they have legalized them and then they've discovered there's huge problems with them. Um, and there's issues around safety. And exactly as you said about France, they've been banned in Paris. They're kind of slowly but surely, you know, I suppose, you know, tightening regulations around them. So we are only at the very beginning of this process, mm-hmm. whereas, you know, other countries and cities are almost at the end in terms of their experience with e-scooters. But we have yet to see what will happen in Ireland. Is it likely that we'll bring in these laws and then suddenly realise that they're not going to work and maybe have to rethink it again? Is it going to kind of keep co- going on? Um. I don't know. As I said, they're very late to the game at this stage. And e-scooters have been around for a long time. People are making up their own rules as they go along. And 
the idea now, as I said, there's usage regulations that'll come in as well for those that are legal. And it'll be things like they can't be on footpaths. Now, I see them on footpaths all the time. So it really will depend, I suppose, on the enforcement of these regulations. And the second thing is as well, is how much will they grow in popularity once they are legalized? Like, are we likely to see you know, a 300, 400% increase on the road, and then what impact will that have? So I think a lot of things are, you know, kind of up in the air at the moment, but the, I suppose the good news is that they are finally going to be yeah. legal and regulated because up to now, there's nothing you can do because they're not even supposed to be on the road. Yeah, and yeah, as we mentioned earlier, there's so many, you can look anywhere and you, you'll see one, but e-bikes are now going to be treated as bicycles as well. Do they fall under categories too? Yes, yeah, so it depends on with e-bikes, it really depends on the power. So again, if they have a power output of 250 watts and the motor cuts out at 25 um, kilometers, um, they are going to be treated exactly as bikes. But anything more high powered will be treated as an e-moped. And that, so that's a completely different um that's a completely different thing because you'll need a helmet and you need, you know, a license and yeah. you need all sorts of things. Now, that's not likely to come in, though, until the early next year. And in view of the fact that the e-scooter regulation was supposed to come in in October and we're still waiting for it, I'd say you could be looking at March before there'll be changes. So up to that, all e-bikes are considered in the eyes of the law, like pedal cycles at the moment. Yeah, so we're going to have to kind of wait and see how this pans out over the next couple of months. So what are some of the rules that we need to know regarding the e-scooters? Okay, so once the e-scooter has met the technical regulations and therefore it's legal on the road, there are a few things. First of all, you have to be at least 16 years of age to use it on a public road. You cannot carry anything on it. And if an e-scooter has a seat, and you do see these summer, uh, summer places, um, Louise, then it won't be considered an e-scooter and it would still be illegal. And they can't go any faster than 20 kilometres an hour. So even if they can go faster than that, that is the speed limit. And they can't use footpaths, surprisingly as well, they can't use motorways. Mm -hmm. um, so they have to, and they can only use pedestrianized areas if there's cycle tracks. So basically they can use where, you know, bikes can use. Yeah, so it's good if people are thinking of getting one or maybe get one for Christmas, there's a lot of things that need to be accounted for as well. Yeah, so hopefully people who are selling them are aware of these yes. regulations and the Department of Transport makes sure that they do know and that they advise people correctly, you know, as to the age group, where you can use them and the type of scooter they need. So it's really important that at that point of sale, these um, these regulations are just at least, you know, that the people who are buying them are aware of them. Yeah, the information needs to filter down. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I saw that you were at the Electric Vehicle Summit there only a couple of days ago. How is the future looking for EV cars? Yeah, the Electric um, Summit was really, really interesting because, I mean, there's a lot of positive news, I suppose, from the passenger car market. But what it was also looking at was the fleet car market. And they actually had a guy over from Norway. And Norway is the real poster child for electric cars. 84% of the new cars mm. they sell are electric cars. But again, in terms of like trucks and vans and heavy vehicles they have very few electric ones on the road so really if we're going to tackle um emissions from transport we need to tackle you know 
the whole lot rather than just the passenger car. So there's a lot of work to be done um, in the whole electric vehicle space, you know, from all sorts of vehicles. And I suppose as well, from an Irish point of view, and this is being mirrored across Europe, sort of the early adopters have adopted at this stage. So now what we're trying to shift is your, you know, your very committed kind of petrol and diesel buyer to electrics. And that's going to take a little bit more, I think, effort than what we've seen before. So it's important that those incentives and, you know, the, the sort of grants stay in place, even though I think the government think they're unnecessary at the moment, because actually, while electric cars are, are, you know, the sales are still going up all the time, they're not going up to the same extent that they were, like they were doubling year on year up to last year. So we see a slowdown. We still see them selling well, but it's just they're a harder sell now to that kind of core, I suppose, petrol and diesel buyer that just take a bit more convincing than the techie, um, you know, early adopters of the past. Why do you think people are a little unsure of, I suppose, taking the jump? Well, I suppose the thing about it is if you've never driven an electric car and they did surveys on this before, the people who haven't driven an electric car, usually they underestimate how far they can travel on a single charge and they overestimate how long it's going to take to charge. So unless you know somebody with an electric car who can reassure you and electric car owners are the best people to speak to and the best mm-hmm. people to convince would be buyers. You know, I think that makes a big difference. But the other thing as well is with electricity prices quite high at the moment. And I mean, I think, you know, we're, we're facing what about the highest in Europe. I think that puts people off as well because they think, well, I'm not going to make that much of a saving if I'm going to start, you know, my electricity bill at home is going to go yeah. through the roof because I have this electric car. And I suppose the charging infrastructure is still an issue. You know, you have to see charging points you know in your own location and en route to where you go sort of regularly and you know it isn't it depends on where you are in Ireland but there are definitely places that are better served than others so I think all of those things are making and also the price of EVs is still quite high in comparison to you know the same size petrol or diesel car. Yeah so uh, with everything we've a little bit more work to do. We do indeed. (laughs) So we need to keep those grants and incentives in place because, as I said, you know, we've a long way to go yet. Absolutely. Motoring Editor for the Sunday Independent, Geraldine Herbert, thank you very much for chatting to us. Thanks, Louise.